Welcome to Transformation Church RVA. This sermon is a part of our series called Our Prayer. We want to start this new year on our knees in prayer, asking the Lord to shape our church and transform our community by the gospel. May this revival be marked by a biblical understanding of the image of God in men and women and racial reconciliation amongst the body of Christ, transcending and restoring our culture. Psalms 85, 4. Restore us, O Lord, our God of salvation, and can you anger toward us cease? Will you be angry with us forever? Will you prolong your anger to all of our generations? Will you not revive us again? that your people may rejoice in you. Show us your mercy, Lord, and grant us your salvation. I pray that we will have ears to hear and a heart to receive. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Miss Annette. I have um, been praying about today's service um, since last year. Right, I can see where we're going this morning. That's fine, however you want to take it. No, um, every year we do a series called Our Prayer, where, and we're in week two of this series, where we try to refocus our minds, right? Anybody been in that process the last couple weeks trying to reorganize and, and get everything back in shape, you know, because it was willy-nilly. Is that something to say for the holidays? Okay. Um, And so, last week we talked about prayer and how our our lives need to be uh, marked around running to God in prayer uh, with everything, Uh, the big things and the little things. You know the little things matter to the Lord as well. Um, He truly cares for you. Um, The scripture tells us that we can cast our cares on him because he cares for you. He does. He truly cares for you. Um, and this week, we're going to talk about vision for this year. What, what is the vision for our church this year? Our leadership team got away in November, and we talked about some vision. And there were some things that we all shared in common that we believe the Lord is laying on our hearts for our church, for you. And so I want to share some of those things today. Next week, we're going to talk about the sanctity of life and that we believe from Scripture that the image of God is in every one of you. And it's not just in the people you like, it's in the people you don't like. That's a game changer. It's a game changer when you start seeing other people, even the people you despise. I know you don't despise anyone. It's just me. No, I'm just kidding. But for real. Um, It changes my interaction with people when I realize that the image of the creator God is in them. I have to treat them differently. It's foundational. Foundational to how we operate. Um, The week after that, we're going to talk about a renewed focus around missions. And that's when Darren is going to come and bring the word to us. Um, He's in for just a few days from sub-Saharan Africa. And he's going to encourage us towards 
our mind not just being about us. Say us. It's about the mission of God and us being a part of that, him including us in his mission. And then the last week, we are gonna talk about what it means to be a church of the nations. And my friend uh, David Bailey's gonna be here with us that Sunday. But for today, everybody say today. Today, I wanna talk about, that was really loud in the mic, wasn't it? Hey, Sister Ingram, Carolyn, good to see you. Yeah. Um, I wanna talk about revival. Did anybody go to revivals going growing up? A revival of any sort? I've been to all types of revivals. And look, I grew up uh, Pentecostal. So we really had revival. I mean, it was, it was a sight to behold, especially as a little one. Oh, yeah. I remember one particular revival where uh, the evangelist, he, he got real fired up. And I'm pretty sure this was a revival at my dad's, at a church in West Virginia, I think it was in West Virginia. Maybe it was in Hopewell. Y'all didn't know revivals happened in Hopewell, but God is at work everywhere. But that preacher was preaching, and I, I mean, it wasn't the air conditioning running down your spine. I mean, the Holy Spirit was at work. And he got so excited, he jumped down off of the stage and ran across the tops of the pews. And he didn't miss a single one. I was waiting. I, was, I think I was under a pew. I don't know if you did that when you were a kid, but during revival, I wasn't concerned with the Lord. I was concerned with whether I could get from the back pew underneath all the pews, you know, in between people's legs and all the way to the front. I know you were too holy to do that, but I did that. And I popped up from a pew and that boy was running across the pews. Ladies had big beehive hair and they would... They would feel the spirit and go to shake it and bobby pins would just fly everywhere. <laughs> That's the kind of revival I'm looking for. Some of y'all are freaked out. You're like, I'm not coming anymore to this church. This is, this is, we're done. Um, no, but what I... That, that's the type of... Re, a spirit-filled revival. Now, some of it... Um, I've been a part of revivals also that were a bunch of emotional hype. That you le I left revival and I remained unchanged. But I'm talking about a revival that changes us from the inside out. That we, we are transformed and different altogether. I'm talking about a revival of sorts that would almost uh, be like Moses when he went atop of the mountain to meet with the Lord. And when he came back from meeting with the Lord, the scripture tells us that his whole countenance was different. He looked different. And that's the kind of revival I'm talking about today. And I want to look at Psalms 85 and what uh, it tells us about revival. Um, and, and these are, this is my primary thought for today. Transformation Church wants to see revival in our families. A revival of bold faith. And a revival of God-sized proportions. In our families of bold faith and a revival 
of God-sized proportions. Can I tell you that today I have come in this morning very tired and weary and just, I mean, look around you. Um, people are sick. Um, we had, we lost two this week to COVID. Um, Brenda Witten's brother um, passed away this past week and uh, elder Woody, Woody's sister passed away. His dear sister, Barbara. And um, I know you have been praying for them. Um, and we've, we've got people out with COVID. We've got people out with the flu. Um, and then now they've got this flu Rona thing, which is not a, like emerging. Like I was starting to think all my preppers were right. I was starting to think all the end of days folks that thought zombies were going to come out. I thought this was it. I saw flu Rona across people coming back from the dead. I thought, oh, here we go. This is it. But no, it's just people are sick. Um, and people are also fearful. Our healthcare workers are tired. And as you look at the state of the world around us, and you just add on top everything going on in our personal lives, in our marriages, in our kids, in, um, in our friends' lives, you add all that on top, and it is a burden to bear. Anybody felt burdened lately? Let me tell you the answer to that. Revival. Restoration. A renewed focus on pursuing the Lord. And what we see in Psalm 85 is this is what, what uh, uh, this particular psalm came out of a hymnal. Uh, Jewish, a Jewish hymnal. Uh, the uh, tribe, these, this family of Korah, they were the worship leaders for Jewish uh, worship services and church services. And so this is one of the songs they would sing when they felt as if restoration was needed. And the very first thing, and we didn't read these, but the first three verses of chapter 85, you know what they talk about? Um, the psalmist began by thanking God for returning to them and restoring them. It's in light of that past goodness that the psalmist now prays that the Lord would continue that work, that he would do it again. Everybody say, do it again. I am convinced that God has not changed. I'm convinced he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so what the people of Israel here are leaning on is that, God, I've seen your goodness in the past. I've seen you do it. We're asking on that faithfulness that you would do it again, that you would restore us. And he says it there in verse 4. Now, restore us again, O God of our salvation. Can, can God do it again? Yes. yes God is the only one who can restore. He's the only one who can revive. And then um, it says, just past that, it says, put aside your anger against us once more. Or will you be angry with us forever? Verse three, thanked God for turning away his anger. And here in verse four, they said, look, that work in the past was the basis for him saying, hey, listen, 
do it again. Do it again. This has been my prayer these past few weeks. God, I've seen you work miraculous things. We need revival. We need restoration. And then, so upon this, this is where he's building this prayer, this worship. He's building this worship off of this, that God is faithful and can do it. I think our worship and prayer life would be altogether different if you actually believed what you were praying. And these worshipers are saying God can do it. And then in verse six, they start this prayer for revival. Won't you revive us again so your people can rejoice in you. This is a a simple prayer, right? Some of you think that you have to have some eloquent words for God to respond to you when all God wants from us is the cry of our hearts. Give him what you got. And their prayer here is revive us again. Uh, It also recognizes this. Revival, this is important is not man-made. Revival is given by God. But it also recognizes that when our lives need restoration, when our lives and our families and our communities need revival, we should pray for it. This tells us we should be praying for revival and praying with Godly expectations. This is an expectation of I'm not just going to check off, pray for revival this morning, but I am going to come to church on Sundays expecting that God is going to revive us. Many of us throw out prayers as if um, they are powerless. And it speaks to the fact that you think you're praying to a very weak, small God. God. We should expect God things out of a living God. Um, And we're going to talk about that here more in a second. This prayer for revival, um, um, I read this commentary from Boyce and he says, it implies that people were once alive have died in a spiritual sense and now need to be given spiritual life again. This is what the church almost always needs and it's how revival comes. We have to recognize that we are in need of revival. Can I tell you, I am aware of my need for revival, not just Clinging to what he revived and restored in the past, but that he would continue today. Reviving and restoring. That he would continue today reviving and restoring. It also tells us when to pray. Um, I wrote here, we should pray for revival Look at verses one through three. We should pray for revival when we remember the great things God has done in the past. As you worship God for his um, faithfulness and how he's come through in the past and restoring things, um, 
my wife went to restoring something this past week, a couple weeks ago. I didn't know she did that. Yet, has your spouse or your friend or anybody ever done something? You're like, Shh, I didn't know you could do that. Yeah. Um, yeah, she, she bought this $25 thing from the, <laughs> the Goodwill. You, anybody like the Goodwill? Yeah? All right. Um, and she said, oh, I'm going to put this in the living room. I'm like, okay. <laughs> All right. I've learned to not make any gesture or statement that would wind me up in a poor situation later. Um, so I was like, cool, I trust you. And sure enough, she, she went, well, okay, so... I thought she was going to do all the restoration until she asked if I would come out and help her sand this thing. And I, of course, I'm testosterone running through my veins. I almost called Corey. Corey's got every tool known to man. And I thought, okay, we're going to give us a little power sand. I'm going to go to work on this thing. I'm going to really sand. And she hands me a little brick. It's got a bunch of grit on it. And I'm like... What do you want me to do with that? It's going to take us weeks. Which is sure enough, we sanded it down. She went to spray paint. She just spray paint. She just spray paint everything. Uh, she had spray paint on her feet. I had to take goo gone to her feet that night. By the way, the instructions say not to put it on your skin, but it does work. Yeah. Just don't want to mess up the pedicure, which I also found out, okay? Um, but she restored it. And I didn't know she could. I think some, sometimes maybe in our lives we wonder if God can actually restore the broken things. If he can, is God willing to restore this mess that we're in? Is he capable? Have you ever wondered that? Have you ever wondered if God is capable? Some things seem so big to us, but they're small to him. And I can tell you with much confidence that God is able to do exactly what he says he can do. There's no question. So we should re, uh, pray for revival when we remember the great things God has done in the past. Has God been good to you? Yes. yes. Number two, we should pray for revival when we sense a need for spiritual restoration around us. It doesn't, you can go five minutes from the front doors of this church down to Jeff Davis Highway and immediately see the need for restoration in our community. You can walk through the halls of Meadowbrook High School and see the need for restoration. Many of you walk through the front doors of your home can feel the need for restoration. But why don't we pray for it? Some of us just wallow in it and think maybe there's no solution, but the solution is here. We as believers should be people that plead with God for revival and restoration. And praying for revival, we should pray for this congregation. Do you pray for your church? I hope you do. 
Pray for God, uh, a great outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Not just some emotional hype where we have us a good time and the band was great and the preacher was funny, but that we leave and we can't live our lives the same way because we've encountered Jesus Christ. We've encountered the Holy Spirit and all of a sudden I can't do life the same. Here's what we believe here. We believe that when you encounter Christ, things change. So if there are things that are residually needing restoration in your life, I would, also, I would say, and, and, and you might not like this, but I don't think you've exposed that area of your life to Christ. I don't think you've, I, I think you've been warring with the Holy Spirit over it. Maybe you've been trying to fix it yourself. Any do-it-yourselfers in here? Not just in a, not just in a goodwill find, but maybe you've figured that um, you can fix your life's restoration problems on your own. Um, maybe you're embarrassed about it. You know, one, the, you know the first truck I had? I didn't have any money. to. I grew up in a, in a uh, manufactured home. Okay, that's the fancy word for it. It was a trailer. <laughs> and, um, man, my mom was so gracious, and she... Um, she kept me in a vehicle. Uh, sometimes she would just sit by and sell them, and I wouldn't know, and so I'd come home, and I wouldn't have a car. I remember one time, I, my first car was like a, was a Grand Prix. Was that a car back in the day? Grand Prix, little white car. I, remember, I drove it around, and then I came home one night from church, and it was gone. I was like, what happened? But it was my mom's car. So, uh, But I had a truck. She got me a truck, and it was a stick shift. It was my first stick shift car, and it had bullet holes in the side of it. I don't even know where she bought it. <laughs> That's not a lie. I promise. That's legit. And so she, I was riding around this little, it was a Ford Ranger. And, um, but I would, so funny story. This has nothing to do with revival, but you're going to love this story. That truck, me and my friend Mark Cedarland, okay, we were buddies in high school. We, had, we were in geology class together, and we decided we were going to do a project. But we wanted to beat everybody else's geology project, so we were going to build a volcano in the back of my Ford Ranger. So what did we do? Well, we went to shoveling, baby. We filled the back of that truck with dirt and stole, I think we got some of his sisters, or maybe it was my sister's, like little figurines and Barbies and stuff. We really dressed it up. And we made a big old volcano, and we blew that sucker up in the back parking lot of New Kent High School. <laughs> and the reason it was in the back of the, one, the parking lot went back there, but I parked in the back primarily because I didn't want people to see my truck. So we took the whole class out there. We blew up that volcano. And then, and then uh, I was too young to know this, but I should have immediately gotten the dirt out of the back of the truck because then a, a rain came. And just a rain and the back of that Ford Ranger started. <laughs> mud is heavier than just dry dirt. That truck started leading back. And then I had to shovel mud out of the back of my truck. Um, 
But I hid that truck all the time because it was ugly as sin. That's, that's my grandma used to say that, ugly as sin. Um, and I think some of us may hide things because we're ashamed of it. Have you ever hid something you're ashamed of? Yeah. But it needs restoration. It needs revival. I'm asking you today to bring that out into the bring that out into the light to a maybe a close group of your Christian friends. But can I can I tell you today that the Lord can restore all things? He can bring revival. Um, we should be praying for revival for our community. That Jesus would answer the promise of John 16, 7 and 8, sending the Holy Spirit to convict the world of sin. We should be praying for revival. And so this brings me to the what. Uh, as we pray as a leadership, talking about what Everybody's been talking amongst our leadership about revival and what revival would look like. And the very first thing that almost unanimously folks said is we want to see revival in our families. I'd love to see revival in my family. Can, can, can you just make it personal for a second and not just make it a, a, like, I don't have a temperature gauge up here with like a red bulb at the bottom, like we're trying to earn something or gain something, but what I'm talking about is your personal life, your kids, your grandkids, your cousins, your neighbors, your families, do they know the Lord? Are they hurting my sister, this morning, um, I got a text at four something this morning, and my mom said, my, my sister just had a baby a couple weeks ago, and she said, we're on the way to the ER with Jill because um, her C-section incision came open. Um, this is a, a week or more after having the baby, um, and she, she's had such a tough time because uh, even during the C-section, they didn't get the spinal right, and so she felt about half of her body during the surgery. She was dealing with swelling and constant pain. And then her scission came loose this morning and they and, and infection all through. Um, and she, she's concerned. This is her first baby. This is her first one. Um, and so as I think about Corey and Jill today, and, and I would ask that you would help me pray for them today. Um, I think about Corey and Jill and wanting to see them in church. I think about my brothers, Chris, who's um, he's my youngest brother, tall, skinny, good-looking fella. Uh, obviously, <laughs> you know, we're brothers. Uh, he, uh, in and out of church, <clears throat> a lot of them have a lot of church hurt. I, my, I, my brother Keith, he's right below me, BFFs growing up. Praying that him and Megan would be in church, his fiance, and all the kids that are attached to them. I would like to see a revival in my own family. You know, we grew up going to church together. I, I'd love to see that again one day, but it, at the very least, I'd love to see them with um, an active relationship with the Lord because I, I care for them deeply. And I wonder if today you're, that's your prayer. 
Ezekiel 11, 19 and 20. This has been what I've been praying for my family. I will give them an undivided heart and put a new spirit in them. I remove from them their heart of stone and give them a heart of flesh. Then they will follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. They will be my people and I will be their God. I'd like us to see revival in our families. Every part, even the dark parts. And look, it may not look like the revival you, you want it to look like, but God can restore and revive every, every corner. I, the leadership also wanted to um, feel this drive towards a revival of bold faith. Uh, Ephesians 3.12, which we were just in Ephesians 3, says, because of Christ and our faith in him, we can now boldly and confidently come into his presence. Um, Some of that bold faith uh, is going to come to fruition in transitional housing. Um, It has been a huge need across our community, and we have been able to help uh, financially uh, house people throughout the year. And I don't know the exact numbers, but I, countless families. There was a mom that called, um, and this is through our connection with Grace Home Ministry. She had four kids, and they were going to be sleeping in their van that night. So we put them up. Because of your giving and your faithfulness um, in giving to the work of the Lord here, we were able to put them up in a hotel for a week. So they weren't living in their car. And so we said, we want to be an answer to that in the community. We want people to see the gospel through our response to that need for transitional housing. So we, we're going to see where that goes. So I, you know what? I've been, I've been on the phone. I've been on the phone with the county trying to figure out what zoning looks like here. Um, I'll tell you another thing. I've never said this out loud. I don't think I've, should I say it out loud? I've been praying for years since Lidl bought this property next door. They've decided not to build there. Have y'all seen the for sale sign out front? I have been asking God to open a door for me to contact Lidl and have them donate this property next door. And look, I've told our leadership team, they said, Carlos, we may need to check out your drinking habits. Um, We don't know what you're on. But you know what they've all said? God's bigger than that. And so bold faith. We want to to walk out and be a a reflection of the faith that God has given us. We don't want to tiptoe through transitional housing. We want to step with bold faith there. A daycare, you name it. Whatever we do this year, we want a revival of bold faith. Not just in the church, but in you. That you would take his word and actually believe it and then follow through on it It, with your families. That your prayers would be marked by bold faith. That your steps wouldn't be based on what you see, but by your faith. We walk by, not by, a revival of bold faith. And then lastly, a a revival of God-sized proportions. I'm not talking about a little revival. And I'm not talking about a revival 
that we can explain away. I don't know if you've ever had this type of God experience in your life, but I'm talking about a, a, a revival of God-sized proportion that when we look at it, there is no other explanation but to say, look at what God did. I don't want it to be because of Carl. I don't want it to be because of some program and say, oh, well, it was this, this, this team here. That. And look, let me tell you, God is going to use us in this. But, but let me be very clear. This revival that I am praying for, that I am saying, God, would you revive us again? Restore us, oh God of our salvation. When I'm praying this, the revival that I vision and the vision we have for this church is that at the end of 2022, when we look back at the year, and look, if you're not a member, you should really join today because at the annual membership gathering here in a couple weeks, we are going to do exactly this. We're gonna look at 2021 and then I'm going to step back and say, look at God. Things that make absolutely no sense he worked out. This is the revival. I want to look at 2022. And as I pray, and I want you to pray with me, that not just for your families, not just in bold faith, but that we would walk in a spiritual walk that we can step back and say, look at what God has done. Psalm 77, 14 says, you are the God who performs miracles. You display your power among your people. I want us to pray prayers like, Lord, thank you for displaying your divine and miraculous power amongst all people. I believe your power will work in my life. Do you pray prayers like that? God, I'm taking you at your word today. Matthew 19, 26, Jesus looked at them and said, with man, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. This is the type of revival that we would look at it and say, man, there's no way. There are already folks that are like, dude, don't even dance down the transitional housing avenue. Don't go down that street. It's a mess. It'll never happen. Think about the neighbors in the back. They, they, nobody is going to let that happen. And that may look impossible to you and I. And I might not be able to see the end, but can I tell you today that I believe God can make it happen. I believe God is going to work it out. I hope you're encouraged today. Look, there are some sermons where I have to get up here and beat you over the head. Uh, because you're just stubborn. You know you're stubborn. Today, I just want to encourage you to, in 2022, I'm just sick of, of feeling like I'm losing ground. You ever felt that way? Personally? Man. Especially with everything going on in the news. You look around. Some, sometimes you can look at family situations just say, God, this is hopeless. Where is God in this? I got a text this past week. Carl, I don't understand God's plan in this. I want to come to the end of 2022, and we, as Transformation Church, want to come to the end of 22. And whether God did what we wanted him to do or not, that God was glorified 
Look at this. Look at the end of the text this, this morning. Won't you revive us again, verse six, so your people can rejoice in you? Show us your unfailing love, O Lord, and grant us your salvation. Praying for revival means that that we're praying that God's work among his people would cause them to find their joy in nothing else but him. This is truly what revival looks like. This is truly what revival looks like. I've depended on so many things other than the Lord, but we can pray this morning full of confidence knowing that God can revive. When we pray for this, it's not an empty prayer. It's not a a pointless prayer. In fact, we can pray with confidence knowing that God can do it. We can pray full of boldness, pleading with God for revival. And we can pray full of humility, desiring God's glory and praise. Spurgeon said, these words before us teach us that gratitude has an eye to the giver. Even beyond the gift, thy people may rejoice in thee. Those who were revived would rejoice not only in the new life, but in the Lord who is the author of it. You see, the the big end to revival is not that God gave us transitional housing. The grand end of revival isn't that your life is better. While all of these things may be a byproduct of pursuing him. The byproduct of revival is that our eyes are attuned to the author and the finisher of our faith. And then all of a sudden at the end of 22, I can look, I see God. I see God. It says, show us your mercy. Revival is a work of God's mercy. It isn't earned. It isn't deserved. Can I tell you, you cannot put all the building blocks together to make God revive or restore. It is his gift to you. God graciously, graciously grants true revival. And lastly, grant us your salvation. True revival demonstrates that salvation is God's work. You know, Jonah saw a work of revival in Nineveh, flowing from his embrace of this great principle from Jonah 2.9, salvation is of the Lord. Salvation is of the Lord. Can I tell you today that some of you thought salvation was for uh, when you... I got saved. That was it. You know, salvation was just for the beginning. Can I tell you, I need the gospel, the fact that I'm a sinner in need of grace and mercy. I can't earn it on my own. I need the gospel not just to get saved, but I needed the gospel this morning when I woke up. I needed God to be God this morning just as much as I needed him to be God when he saved my soul, when he revealed to me my need for him. I needed revival this morning. I needed his restoration today. I needed the good news of Jesus Christ every morning that I wake up, and you do too. It is not something you juice up on on Sunday mornings and just wait till it weans off. At the end of the week, I need God every minute. Every hour, I need him. 
and I am praying today that you read that, that our church sees revival in your family. I am praying for your families. You see that? I just spritz water all over my shoe. I'm praying that God renews and restores a bold faith in you, that when you pray, you believe it. And I'm praying today that when, as we're praying for these things, that you don't, that you don't hedge your, you don't have to protect God from your prayers, okay? You don't, you don't have to be like, oh, I don't know if he's going to do this or that, or it's, may pop, it may be possible, it may not be, so I'm not going to pray a certain kind of way, because that way if he doesn't, God doesn't need you to hedge your bets. Pray in bold faith. Ask him to do it. And then trust him with the results. Yeah, I'm going to do it today. And I'm praying for you. Do you know that? You, your pastor, your elders, your leaders, your staff are praying for you that God would revive and restore your families. Bold faith. That revival would be something that you stand back at and say, look at God. How many of you would say today you need that? Yeah. Would you stand to your feet with me? I'm going to pray for us. I'm going to pray for those who have needs and who are sick this morning. And then we're going to close the service. Mr. Demetri is going to lead us in worship as we uh, get ready to go. But would you pray with me? Father, today I come boldly before your throne of grace, knowing, God, that you can do all the things that you have promised. And Lord, today, there are those who are sick, and I'm praying, God, that you would heal them. God, I'm praying today for those who have lost loved ones. I'm praying for Brenda and the Witten family. I'm praying for Woody and the Jones family and Sandra. God, that you would comfort them, that your presence would, even now as we pray, Lord, that your presence would surround them and give them comfort and peace. God, I pray for my sister, that you would heal her body, God. That you would remove the infection and send her home whole and recovered. And that as a byproduct of all those things, Lord, that it would draw our attention to you, the great giver, the faithful father. That it would draw our hearts to you. Lord, for those who are feeling discouraged this morning who think that maybe it's not possible, the things they've been praying for, Lord, I ask that you would give them an increase in their faith right now, that you are a God of revival, that you are a God of restoration, that you are a God who can, and that you are a God who's near. You're near to us even this morning. Today, Father, would you Spark a fire. Let it start right here in us. A, a, a revival in our families. A revival in our loved ones and our friends. I'm excited, Father, to see what your hand will do. I'm thanking you, God, that you are a God who restores and a God who revives. Let us today depend on you.
Thanks for streaming this audio from Transformation Church RVA, located in Richmond, Virginia. For more information, check out our website at www.transformationrva.com.